This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Harbor at Home. My name is Wilson, and I have the honor of sharing with you the Word of God this morning at Harbor at Home. Harbor at Home is our way of encouraging connection and engagement with one another in, within a small group setting. And I hope you get to do that today as you gather at your homes with friends and family. So let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for, for your love towards us, Lord, this morning. We, we are gathered, Lord, to uh, fellowship and to honor your name and to praise your name, Lord. We thank you for uh, even the privilege, oh God, to get to come as your children, Lord, as sons and daughters of God in your family, Lord, with one another, Lord. I thank you for my brothers and my sisters as we are gathered this morning, Lord. And Lord, we uh, welcome your presence, Lord. And we thank you that you have already welcomed us, Lord. Your spirit, Lord, has welcomed us into your presence, Lord. And so, we allow you, Lord God, to speak to us. We allow you, your word, oh God, to encourage us. You, we allow your word to bring uplifting. Uh, we allow your word, oh God, to come and grow us to be more like you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to uh, begin uh, with telling a funny story. Uh, or at least I believe, or I think it's funny, and I... I hope you, f- you find it funny too. Um, uh, there was a, a certain missionary who came to Africa to do uh, some mission work. Uh, he came to this particular people group and he, he constructed a building where he would uh, gather the local people into the church. But he couldn't allow the local people of that particular group um, to come into the church yet because uh, they didn't wear the modern clothes like we are wearing today. Uh, the men and the women, the boys and girls, you know, would wear some animal skins allowed their waist. So he, he couldn't have that into the church, you know, in his mind. He couldn't fathom, you know, this kind of dressings within the church. So he planned on a, of a drive where he would donate clothes to the people in the village so that they could wear the modern clothes like he was wearing as they come to the church. So he planned for five days to distribute the clothes, and he welcomed the whole, the whole village into his house where he would distribute these clothings and demonstrate how to put them on. So on the first day, he was giving out the pair of pants and skirts, uh, pair of pants for men and skirts for women. So everyone who came that, that morning, men got a pair of pants, and the women got a skirt. Then on the second day, he was distributing shirts and blouses. Men got the shirts and women got the blouses. Uh, but there some people who had come on the first day, but they missed to come on the second day. But some people who had come on the second day, but they have missed to come on the first day. So we had people who right now had only, uh, for the men, a pair of pants, but no shirt. And we had women who had only a skirt and no blouse. 
And then on the third day, he wanted to distribute the other pants. So the men who came and women who came that day, they all got their other pants. But some people had missed to come on the first and the second day. They came on the third day. So they only had in their possession not the other pants. Men who had come on the first day and they missed to come on the second day, but they came on the third day. They had a pair of pants, but no shirt, but they had the other pants. And the women likewise. And then on the fourth day, he wanted to, to distribute the shoes. Everyone who came, the first, the second, the third, and the fourth day, men got a pair of pants, a shirt, a pair of, of shoes, and the other pants. Women likewise. But there are people who had means to come on the first, the second, that day, but they only showed up on the fourth day. So you can imagine now they only had a pair of shoe in their possession. And then you can imagine all the different scenarios. People who came on the first day, they missed the second day, they came on that, they missed the fourth day. And then the fifth day, he was distributing this pair of socks to everyone who came. Those who were faithful to come the first, the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth day had for the men a pair of pants, a shirt, other pants, they had a pair of shoes, and they had socks. Likewise for the women. But there are people who had missed the first four days. They only showed up the, the last day, the fifth day. So they only had in their possession a pair of socks. And you can imagine those who had maybe missed the, that day when he was distributing the other pants. And they missed the first, the second. They only showed up the, for, the, for the that day. And then they missed the fourth day. And they came maybe the f- fifth day. They only had in their possession uh, the other pants and a pair of socks. So the missionary was not aware of this strange thing happening. So on Sunday, he invited everyone to come for the worship service. And he was met with a rude shock as he watched one by one as these local people entered the building with all the weirdest combination of style. He thought he was in a Halloween uh, uh, show because he couldn't have in his mind, he didn't think or he didn't, he didn't think how it would happen that people would be, would, be, would be missing to get all the pieces of clothing in their possession. So this story looks funny or sounds funny, and, uh, but there is a moral to this story. The reason I, I shared it is because God invites us to be fully dressed with the knowledge and understanding of himself. God invites you and me to know him in all the possible aspects as he relates with us, as he reveals himself to us. How is your spiritual dress? That's the question that I'm asking this morning. You know, if you're like me, I want to know the fullness of all that God is for me. We are in a series called Knowing God. There is a, 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 an influential pastor uh, in, the last, in the last generation. His name is A.W. Tozer. He says that the most powerful fact about any man or woman is what one believes and conceives God to be like. The most influential, the most powerful fact about any man or woman as what one believes and conceives God to be. You know, when I'm having my worship time with God, I like to begin by 
you know, the revelation of God's faithfulness, the revelation of God's greatness, the revelation of God's goodness. I like to thank God for his provision. I like to thank him that he sends his, he sends his reign to the just and the unjust. And, I, and then I, I think of his provision of salvation to us, his gift of salvation, Jesus Christ, whom he gave to redeem us back to himself. And the revelation of how Jesus left his glory and stooped low, how Jesus came and walked the dusty streets of this earth, how Jesus came and identified with us, how he came and bore our shame and our brokenness, how he faithfully fought evil to afford us victory, and how he bore the cross, and how he went to the grave and bore the shame of the grave. But we know he resurrected, you know, and the power that overcame the power of sin and death and the powers of darkness. You know, I like to thank him in glory that he is king, he is Lord. He is master over the power of sin, over the power of death, over the power of darkness. And he is my master, he is my king over those powers of sin, death and darkness. The joy and the blessing of knowing Jesus and the freedom that brings, that comes with that. And then his gift of his word, the word that brings life to us and his spirit, the Holy Spirit who he gives our comfort, our, our helper, our faithful companion. And recently I have been pondering on the liberation of the Holy Spirit who enables us to love as God loves. The Holy Spirit, the revelation of the Holy Spirit who enables us to love just as God's love. In the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says God has shed a blood. He has poured out his love into our hearts through our encounter with the Holy Spirit. You know, I believe just as important as the, the revelation of God the Father, you know, the revelation of knowing our identity as sons and daughters of God, just as important as that is, equally important is this revelation of the love of God poured out into our hearts through our encounter with the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I want to talk to us about the importance of our encounter with the Holy Spirit. I want the fullness of all that God is to me. You know, we are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And what that means is that we've been baptized into a relationship with all three, into a relationship with the Father, into a relationship with the, with the Son, into a relationship with Jesus, into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, whatever your church background that you came from, we need to believe God for a revelation of all that he is to us. Just as we know the Father through an encounter with the Father, we know Jesus through an encounter with Jesus, and we know the Holy Spirit through an encounter with the Holy Spirit. We need to grow in, in the revelation of all three to bear all of God's image. You know, most, most of us become aware of the need of an encounter with the Holy Spirit by becoming aware of our unknown self. I've titled this message, Saving Our Unknown Self. We become aware of our need of an encounter with the Holy Spirit when we become aware of our unknown self through a painful discovery of our known self. Sometimes we do not realize our need for God until we come face to face 
with the disappointment of our wounded egos, our bruised pride. We do not realize our need for God until an experience or, or an event exposes our boastful hearts. We never begin to know the revelation of the love of God until our failures expose our unknown self. This is what happened to Peter. I'm going to share a few, a few thoughts about the failure of Peter's heart and look at how an encounter with the Holy Spirit changed his life. So we're going to read the scripture, uh, the book of Mark, chapter 14. Now read verse 29 to verse 31. Mark chapter 14, 29, verse to 31. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly I tell you, you will disown me three times. Sorry, I'm sorry. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the luster close, twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. You know, many times we, we boast about our heart convictions. We speak about our abilities and confidence. But when little situation comes in our lives, we fail. The moment of truth reveals our inner selves, our true selves. And this is what happened to Peter. You know, Peter first speaks his mind when Peter says, I will never fall away, even if these other disciples fall away. We know that Peter is saying only what is in his heart and his mind. He means what he says. He fully believes he is stronger and braver and even loyal than the rest of the disciples. He boasts of his faithfulness. Because he later thinks of himself that way. But like all of us, Peter doesn't really know his true inner self. That's exactly the problem. Our hearts are deceptive and usually hide things from us. You know, remember when Jesus came, when a man came to Jesus and said to Jesus, said to him, I will follow you whenever you go. I will follow you wherever you go. This is in the book of Luke chapter 9. And Jesus looks at the man and says, Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. But there is no place for me. You know, Jesus saw right through the heart of this man that he was full of other motives. You know, in moments of truth, our inner selves usually surprise us and betray our best intentions. Peter and other disciples, they were confident of their faithfulness. But they didn't know how weak and afraid they really were. They trusted confidently in themselves and boasted of their failure, boasted, sorry, of their power to endure. But they were a little ashamed when their boast proved empty. It's strange that Peter, he vehemently, he saw that he would never reject Jesus. Just a few hours later, we know that Jesus, we know that Peter, he actually caught curses upon himself and he said, I do not know this man. I do not know Jesus. You know, Peter was willing to die with Jesus. In the Gospel of John, he actually says, Peter is said that he's willing to die for Jesus. His self-righteousness blinded him so much that he actually saw the situation backwards. 
Jesus did not need Peter to die or to save him. It was the mission of Jesus to save Peter and to die for Peter. Jesus is not impressed with how, our faith, how faithful we claim to be. He sacrificed himself for us. And he sacrificed to save us from our own selves. From our unknown selves. God knows each one of us completely. The good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, Jesus listened to Peter's proud boast. And he gave a clear prophetic word. He said, tonight, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Jesus knew how weak Peter was. And he knows we are weak. Even if we don't know it ourselves. Jesus knows our temptations and our thoughts. He is not impressed with how we look on the outside. He knows our selfish ambitions that we hide so well. He knows our unknown self that we wish away. He knows we get impatient. He knows we are too quick to judge others. He knows we have certain weaknesses. He knows we have certain fears. He knows us completely. We all have hidden faults, the Bible says. But here is the good news. Jesus came to die for our heart condition. Jesus died for us, and he died to save us from trying to save ourselves. It's a wonderful truth that Jesus forgives us, even the parts that are hidden from us. God wants to transform us from being people who trust in our own strength to people who humbly depend on him. Now, how does God change us from the inside out? The Holy Spirit knows our unknown self. And he gives us a revelation of the love of God poured out in our hearts apart from our own performance. So an amazing thing happened to Peter after the shame and the humiliation of denying Jesus. And Peter must have thought that he would never be forgiven. He would never be forgiven. Jesus actually forgave him. But something else happened that changed Peter for the rest of his life. So after Jesus is arrested, and, the, and Peter and the other disciples, they fled because they saw that following Jesus could be dangerous. But it was just a few days after that, we read in the book of Acts chapter 5 and verse 41. And I'm going to read that for us. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 5 and verse 41. And we'll read also verse 42. Acts chapter 5, 41 and 42. It says the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So this is when the apostles are arrested. They are arrested and they are brought, to, they are brought before the, the, the council. And Peter is among the apostles, as we know that. So, we see this is a new Peter. Peter is not afraid anymore. You know why? Because he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, an encounter with the Holy Spirit changed Peter. You know, we, we read the book of Acts chapter 2. And I, I'm going to go ahead and just read for us. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 to verse 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, 
a sound like the blowing of a variant wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They, came, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues or in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You know, we use different kinds of, um, of language when we talk about this experience. We, we talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. But basically, what this means is that the love of God is poured into our hearts through an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You know, and this is not a one-off experience. Actually, the Bible says that we need to be, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a continuous, it's a, it's a day-to-day, a daily, a moment-by-moment experience, encounters with the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, you know, it's not some weird, some self-exalting and self-satisfying, inward-looking experience. It's rather a surrender to be filled and to be guided by the love of God for others. So Peter came to discover that the love of God or the love of Jesus is not based on his performance or on what he's able to bring on the table. Rather, simply on who he is. You know, we talk of the Father declaring his love to Jesus, his Son, even before Jesus began his ministry. And this is something we need to be confident as sons and daughters of God about the Father's love for us. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. You know, the Holy Spirit gives us a revelation of God's love for us. And from that revelation, it leads us to loving God back. It leads us to loving ourselves. It leads us from, to loving our neighbors and to loving our enemy. What we need today is a daily baptism of the love of God through the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God does not come through uh, our protests or when we win arguments or when we manhandle our own enemies or God's enemies like Peter did. Rather, the kingdom of God comes through people baptized and soaked into the love of God through the Holy Spirit. Paul says that our weapons are not carnal. We need to be clothed, fully clothed with the Holy Spirit. You know, we read that in the book of Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. Before Jesus ascended to the heavens, he told the disciples, wait to be clothed with the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. You know, the book of Judges talks about Gideon was clothed with the Holy Spirit. You are not meant to live alone without the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the disciples, I'm, I will not leave you alone, but I will send you the promise. I will send you the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. When you read the book of Passion Translation, John 14 and verse 16, it says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another Savior. You know, that's how important the Holy Spirit is. Another one just like Jesus. We all need to honestly seek the Holy Spirit. Maybe you still don't understand what I'm talking about. You know, ask someone at your group, at your Habba at home group, to pray with you. You know, encounters with the Holy Spirit are not just for preachers, but they are for all sons and daughters of God. Or maybe you need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. A fresh baptism of the love of God. We all need to operate at at an optimum level, especially as we get ourselves through what we have come through the year 2020 and 2021. 
we need to operate at, at an optimum level to be full of the Holy Spirit. You know, if Peter needed an encounter with the Holy Spirit in the first century society, you and me, we need the Holy Spirit more in our highly sophisticated and demanding life. Whatever your assignment is, you need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You know, we recently, my wife and I, my wife Alice and I, we, we have, we have, um, we are new first parents of a, a two-year-old. And I'm, I'm learning that I need to remain being filled with the Holy Spirit if I'm going to make it. You know, my patience is being tested. So whatever your assignment is, moment by moment, we need to live filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you living your life full of the Holy Spirit? Are you living your life full of the love of God? You know, we are still the church called to heal the sick. We are still the church called to cast out demons. We are still the church called to raise the dead. We are still the church called to love our neighbors and enemy. I want to invite you this morning. I want to invite you this morning again to an experience, to an encounter with the Holy Spirit. He's available for each one of us. He's available for us. And as we gather this morning, I would like to encourage take time to engage and discuss these following questions. Number one, what does the liberation of an encounter with the Holy Spirit mean to you? Number two, in what practical ways are you allowing the Holy Spirit to pour out His love in your heart in everyday life? And number three, what promise and fruit of the Spirit are you honestly seeking to bear in your life? Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We will see you next week. God bless you. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.